Hey, student athletes. <laughs> What's up, guys? We are back with another episode for you. We have myself, Allie, and AJ hosting today. And we have Alex as our Googler and our producer because Nico is not here. He is busy being the student part of student athlete and writing tons of papers. So we're going to have to do without him today, but that's okay. We are going to be talking about mental health today, and we're really excited. We got some personal anecdotes to share and some research, so it's going to be a fun one. But first, our question of the day is, what gets you down? And this question came from one of our Instagram followers. Shout out, Marielle. Nice. Um, we love you. That's good. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, AJ, t- take it away. What gets you down? You know what? What really gets me down is when I go into a store. And I'm going for a specific tub of ice cream. And it's not there. Disappointment? It's disappointment. Mm-hmm. But the real thing is that, like, it's the last straw. Like, but that, but that's, that's what really gets me down. Like, I don't ever really get down. Like, there's right. a lot of pebbles yeah. that just kind of, it piles up into this mountain that I can't carry anymore. Mm-hmm. And the last straw was the ice cream that makes perfect sense you know what i'm saying yeah i think you're pretty good at handling a lot of things but definitely you know people just explode sometimes building off what um aj said about the last straw um you know when you like get to your dorm and you gotta unlock the you guys live in single dorms right oh we live in a villa but must be nice (laughs) but uh in the single dorms the locks are really and sometimes like your key gets stuck Mm -hmm. and you're stuck at the door for like five minutes trying to Mm -hmm. open it and open it and it's like you, you just had a bad test. Right. You, you can't open your door and you just kind of want to Last punch, the, punch the window in. <laughs> right. Yeah. What gets me down is when, or like, I guess stressed might be a better word, but is when like I like do homework all day, but then it's just like there's still like an for, forever long to-do list. Mm-hmm. It's like you can never catch up. It's like sometimes I just want to take a break, but like then I'll feel guilty for taking a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like I'm just in that constant cycle. But I think a lot of student-athletes and just college students in general can relate to that. The biggest question that's always, like, looming in my head is, like, how can I make time for self-care when I have literally the longest to-do list <laughs> in the history of to-do lists? And um, that's something we're going to give a little pointers for throughout this episode, but we're obviously all still learning how to navigate being a student-athlete. I mean, I've been we've been doing this for, you know, a while, but it's still something that we have not perfected, and... It's something that we all go through, but we never really want to take the steps to do all these things that we know are good for us. And I did some research on why that may be, and I found this article, um, this blog post by Hannah Brainy. Hopefully that's right. And um, she was talking about how, like, she always hears about, like, doing yoga and journaling and all these things are really good for you, but it's, like fighting her it's like she has to fight herself to actually do those things like Mm -hmm. it's like the last thing on her mind to actually take care of herself and she said that like her bullet points in her article is that like humans resist um things changing we are nervous to like what we might find out Mm -hmm. about ourselves by doing Mm self-care um this big like unconscious belief that society has that we're not supposed to like take time for ourselves or be nice to ourselves Mm -hmm. and finally like resistance to trusting a process like a lot of times when things take a long time 
we tend to like give up on them like you know like skincare or working out or mental health like self-care like if we don't see results in a day we're like oh it's not working yeah like I think that the main reason why people don't like try and seek help or like actually do self-care is just because like there's always like this little voice in your head that tells you um like oh well like we'll do it tomorrow or the next day or like oh well like you're tired right now and I was watching I think like a post that like Will Smith put up and he he was just talking about how like you have to keep fighting that voice and that's like the only thing that's actually going to make you stronger like discipline makes you stronger so like even though self-love is supposed to be more so about like um helping yourself and like truly truly wanting to do that and doing that because that's something that you genuinely love like I feel like I feel like go ahead laugh I'm sorry my stomach just made the loudest noise ever I'm sorry go ahead I'm sorry now he has indigestion (laughs) we just ate so um but no uh I feel like because because that tiny little voice is telling you to like put it off and 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 to think about different things is it honestly all comes down to like discipline it and it, it honestly all comes down to the discipline of whether or not you're going to push yourself to love yourself that day right. because it's hard to love yourself yeah. when you've got a lot of other things telling you not to i guess right or a lot a lot of a lot of other voices telling you they can either be external or internal most for most people it's internal but like if you have a lot of internal voices plus a lot of external voices like it's hard to fight all of those people just to be like you know what I'm just gonna stay disciplined and I'm gonna do this because like I know it's gonna make me feel better like I mean it helps a lot of people when they go to the gym and they're like oh I don't feel like it um why did I just do a male's voice? Women go to the gym. Oh, I don't feel like it. Um, but like, um, but like that, that's, that's, that's how they feel. And instead they go to the gym and they feel a hundred times better coming out. But the thing is, is that we don't see ourselves going for that help. Now, why is it that we don't go for that help? I think it could be like a, a number of reasons, obviously, but I think maybe one of the biggest ones is like we don't want to be perceived as weak or Mm -hmm. not being sure if like you'll get taken out or like you know if you have a physical injury it's like sometimes you don't want to tell your coach that you're like in pain because you don't want to get taken out of the game or the practice or whatever you don't want to miss anything Mm -hmm. but I feel like that can be the same for mental things like sometimes you just need a day off and like maybe not going to practice that day might like be really helpful because Mm -hmm. you could you know get some work done or take a nap or something but like you don't want to ever like tell your coach that because then it's like oh like well, then do you need to miss the game or do you need to miss more practices? And it's like, well, no, like I just needed like a day. But I think all of those different perceptions of like what people are going to think of you when you like seek help or mention that you're going through something can deter a lot of people, especially student athletes from saying what they need or like asking for help in, in scenarios like that. It's like everybody wants to be relied on, yeah, but they don't understand the weight it bears to actually be relied on well it's also like the person that everybody comes to they also need somebody to go to yeah like a therapist needs a therapist exactly everybody needs somebody to go to like even if it's just debriefing about your day like no like obviously like everybody has their own battles that they're fighting but like you could have a perfectly fine day but like Mm -hmm. maybe it was a little bit more stressful than usual and like just talking about it with somebody could make you feel a million times better and then they can relate to you and you'll feel less alone in the situation yeah yeah like i i see it i see it a lot like um 
and our teammates uh, relying on each other, it, it actually happens a lot more in females uh, than in males. Um, I was looking up this study that was talking about uh, NCAA athletes. There's approximately 400,000 NCAA athletes, right? And so they uh, took this study of 465 people and um, it was, it was uh, across ages and races and everything, but they were specifically looking for like females and males, like when it came to anxiety and depression. And um, they were saying that depression is actually prevalent in young adults between 18 and 22. And that after the study, they found that 23.7% was showing like relevant clinical depressive symptoms with 6.3% of them being reported as moderate to severe levels of depressive symptoms. And of course, females were leading that because mostly females were the only ones that were reporting it. Yeah. I looked up an article from the NC, like on the NCAA's website mm-hmm. about um, just like mental health and like understanding the mental wellness of student athletes. And they have a pretty extensive list of the most common psychiatric disorders in student athletes mm-hmm. versus anxiety disorders, mood disorders, personality disorders, ADHD, eating disorders, body dysmorphic disorder, adjustment disorders, substance use disorders, impulse control disorders, and of course, I don't know how to say this last one, psychosomatic illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's like a list of um, like over 10, exactly 10 different disorders. And I thought that was really crazy because like when you originally just Google like mental health and student mm-hmm. athletes, like just anxiety and depression really are like the number one things that come up, yeah, which right. makes total sense, obviously. But I like was thinking about like the eating disorder and the body dysmorphic disorder, like that's probably more common than we think. And like, I know that people like struggle with, you know, seeing their body during season looking like really toned and looking, you know, really in shape because you're lifting and you're running and you're playing sports and you're doing all these things. And then come summer, maybe you're not as active and like your body completely shifts, especially for females because our bodies, like our weight fluctuates like insane amounts. Um, And you know, like that could create a body dysmorphic disorder because you're like, well, I want to look like how I look in this in the season and like even if you just gain like five pounds like to somebody that could look like they're like they could in their head could think that like they're obese Mm -hmm. or like really overweight and that could really mess with people's heads because of how fast your body changes with you know less or more activity hey aj what's wrong nothing just been feeling down this past week i'm sorry to hear that when was the last time you worked out like two weeks ago Well, how about instead of going to class, we go to the gym. Working out is scientifically proven to boost self-esteem, give you more energy, and strengthen your resilience to bounce back from challenges in life. That sounds exactly like what I need. Well, let's go then. Talking about being physical, there are a lot of mental health issues that can come from um, the physical pain that your body goes through. Um, from practice, from games, just from like living after the practices and games to get yourself back inside of your house. And so, but like walking up three flights of stairs to your dorm room after right. you just ran a mile oh or whatever, gosh. ran for two hours. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right, AJ. I, I looked up some 
articles and I mean I was mostly inspired by the movie concussion that movie blew my mind because I like had never well I was never diagnosed with a concussion prior to college so but I probably did have a few from cheerleading you know slamming your head on the hardwood floor yeah (laughs) but um um that movie really did blow my mind and so I mean especially now that like I've had like a concussion and a half at college um it's made me more aware of these things and I, I looked up an article about how specifically um traumatic brain injuries or just brain injuries can you know lead to mental health issues i found this article from the university of alberta Mm -hmm. and they said that concussed players reported an increase in anxiety related symptoms 24 to 48 hours after injury compared with the baseline as well as a significant increase in depressive symptoms from the time of their injury through recovery and as long as one month after returning to play Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really interesting because like, you can get a concussion and be cleared within, like, a week and a half or, like, two weeks to go back onto the field or the court or whatever, mm-hmm. but the symptoms of, like, anxiety and depression can last a lot longer, so you're now back on the field where you're supposed to be performing to your maximum, your 100%, your best, but you're still having, like, anxiety or at night you can't sleep because you're so anxious or mm-hmm. you're like having depressive thoughts because of the concussion and you but you're still expected to you know do your best and I thought that was like something that a lot of athletes can relate to and like yeah like when 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 I got my concussion my freshman year like I just being being in high school and being around a lot of people like I, I already had anxiety I already had depression but like it just wasn't as strong until after like I had gotten my concussion it felt as if like although I was still around people still had a team still had you know people to talk to if I needed to like I for some reason it just it hit me like a brick way more like I was crying more I was I was so like I was so like you know like am I am I good like is somebody around me like like you know like what's like what's going on Like, like I was so paranoid about like everything I was so anxious about everything I was so like up all night which wasn't good for me at all but like at but like still you know you're in college you have to be up all night at least like five times five (laughs) times a week like but like no yeah but like it was just it just it, it hit me so much harder after after i had that concussion yeah i think there's a lot of other injuries that um are not brain injuries that can cause mental health issues to like arise in student athletes you know, like, I mean, any injury, like say somebody tears their ACL or they break their leg or break their arm or something Mm -hmm. like that's going to put obviously a physical damper on them, but they're also Mm going to feel, you know, pressure to get back fast from their teammates. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel like they're, they could possibly feel like they're letting their teammates down by not being able to play. They're, they're going to have, anxiety about coming back to playing because especially with like ACL tears things like that where it's like could happen very easily again now that you've done it once that could give a player like anxiety about returning to play um so there's a whole bunch of mental issues that can come from any type of physical injury not just brain injuries I know when my freshman year I I was playing basketball even before the season started in open gym I broke my foot I came back maybe practice I before I even practiced I went home over winter break and we had like two days before we had to report back to school mm-hmm. and I broke the same bone in my foot again at home mm-hmm. going down the stairs because I was rushing mm-hmm. and so I, I didn't play my whole freshman year 
then I started, and then when I came back my sophomore year, like the confidence that I had my freshman year mm-hmm. was com- like completely gone. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to jump, which is a big part of my game. I was, I'm, I was athletic. I didn't want to jump. I didn't want to go for layups. I just wanted to stay out on the perimeter and shoot. Mm-hmm. So then that same year, I broke my hand, and then that was kind of mentally the last straw for me. And mm-hmm. I just, I decided to give it up because I was tired of walking around campus in a cast. Everybody was asking me what's wrong, mm-hmm. and it took a huge toll on my mental, and it just made me fall, really fall in love, fall out of love with college basketball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in- injuries can have a huge effect on your mental. So now we have a little surprise for you guys. I think you're gonna like it. it? We've been getting questions on our Instagram about this, but we have two, not one. Not three. Not three. Not three. Don't get too excited. Yep. But we have two (laughs) special guests for you. Um, We interviewed Dr. Sanborn and Madeline Graham, um, who are both in the psychology realm. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Sanborn, most of you probably have him for like intro to psych or something. He teaches psychology here mm-hmm. on campus and Madeline is a psychology major who is also a student athlete. So we got some personal insight from her as well. Um, so I think you're really gonna like that. So enjoy. So we have some questions for you about mental health and you can just answer them from like your personal experience because obviously you're not like a psychologist or anything. <laughs> How did the physical stresses of athletics like traveling and practice um, impact the mental health of student athletes? I definitely like if there's a day like if I'm having an off day where I feel like I can't lift as much or I can't run my mile as fast as I want to or I can't like keep up on the field as best as I want to like that definitely takes a mental toll because it's like okay what am I not doing? to be able to perform like it definitely is like you put back on yourself like you're not doing enough even though you're probably doing way more than you could even imagine okay you might not have an answer to this but do you notice any patterns or differences between the mental health of um, males versus female student athletes not too much I think that like there's a different expectation for like female athletes like that they are like there's a stigma that they're supposed to be like skinny and fit and that they're supposed to like have there's like a physical like body image that there's like an expectation they're supposed to meet whereas with guys I feel like it's a little more like oh you're an athlete like football players like they can be any size shape height whatever because there's so many different positions to fill and I feel like there's maybe not as much of a pressure from that which definitely affects your mental health. What effects do you think uh, coaches have on students? I think that there's a lot like you can say that you don't care about what your coach thinks and that you don't really like value their opinion of you but I would probably call BS on anybody that says that because even if you have a coach that you don't necessarily respect like you still want the validation of them hearing them say that like you did good or I'm proud of you or I'm proud that you hustled to get that ball or that I can tell that you're putting in work outside of practice like even like little things from that from someone that you may not really like actually care to hear like it just means different when it's your coach versus like hearing it from your teammates because like we have a really good team I feel like good team vibe like we are all very like supportive and we're very uplifting and it's just different to hear that from someone who's on the field with you versus someone who's an outsider looking in and seeing that it's being recognized from an outsider's perspective. Do you see a correlation between team performance and the mental health of student athletes so like teams that win a lot versus teams that lose a lot (laughs) (laughs) definitely like it's hard to walk across campus every day and like if you had a game and it was really really rough or even a game like we've been having a couple where it's like we're playing like really really well as a team but we just aren't able to pull out the win like 
even that's hard. It's a little, like, it's easier to say, you know, we played our best, but we just, just, just didn't go in our favor versus, like, walking across campus and having a really tough loss the night before and having to constantly, like, people ask, like, did you win? And it's no. And then, like, that look on their face, like, oh, like, you're not good. Like, <laughs> you, you don't, you can't do what I do, so you can't, like, kind of judge that. But it is definitely, like, difficult to see all the other teams, like, if they're doing really well and excelling and then kind of, like, saying, like, ugh, that's, like, I wish that was me. Let me just start by saying um, I'm happy to participate in this. I'm not a physiological or exercise um, psych, sports psychologist, none of that stuff, or a clinical psychologist, but I'm, I'm happy to share with you my experiences and what I know. So our first question is, um, you may not have an answer to this, but do you notice any differences between the most common stressors that student athletes have compared to non-student athletes? I've seen student athletes have more stress when it comes to maybe time management because they just have more on their plate and, you know, they're more likely to miss class and have to manage that, miss exams and have to reschedule them and that kind of thing. How do you suggest dealing with these kind of stressors that they go through? Yeah, I think, well, I, I have to say that I've been generally pretty impressed with most student athletes at managing that stuff. Uh, most of them are on top of it and are pretty proactive about you know letting their per letting me when i've been their professor know what's going on and when they might be missing and what you know asking about what they might need to make up um but of course you know just finding some kind of organization system that works for you so you know just being college students in general i think people realize at some point i got to keep track of all these things my assignments and um, things that are due and where I need to be. And if you're a student athlete and you have to travel and everything on top of that, um, you just have to be extra organized, I guess. So I, I think, um, you know, being, being organized with your time management certainly seems to help. What effects do you think um, teachers or professors have, could have on student athletes in terms of mental health? As you, as you all know, professors are, every professor is different and probably every professor has a different attitude and relationship to student athletics than, than the next one. Um, I don't know, I, I've seen some of my um, faculty colleagues, some of the, the professors, sometimes I think they get frustrated or we get frustrated with like the absences that students have to have in class, like, you know, um, and I, I have seen some over the years, I have seen some tension between coaches and the athletic staff and, and professors around that, you know, like, I, you know, like, like, like a team will get kind of in the playoffs or get to the end of the season and it seems like the students are gone all the time and that's, that's hard. Um, but I think at the same time, we know as professors that, you know, um, athletics are a huge part of, of many of our students' lives. It's like, it's one of the reasons students come to Wesleyan is so they can have that experience. And we, I think we understand that. But to answer your question, um, I, I think the, the, the the faculty, I think there are faculty who appreciate athletics and sort of who see some of the benefits I was talking about earlier with, you know, the coaches supporting the students. Um, I think this, the, the faculty, the professors who are aware of that kind of thing um, are probably the ones who are going to think more about the students' mental health. From the freshmen that you teach or the seniors that you teach, like, have you seen, have you noticed any differences in their mental health, like, um, who might struggle with it more? That's a good question. I think my perception is kind of on both ends, it's especially stressful. So when students are freshmen and then when they're seniors, that seems to be a high stress time for mm -hmm. people. 
Um, and if you're talking about student athletes, uh, I think I, I have, I remember many, you know, freshman football players really kind of struggling with the time management stuff we talked about before and kind of balancing everything. And, you know, many teams have these early morning practices. And, you know, if you're just starting off in college, that's a lot to, to get used to and to balance. I'm supposed to be up at five o'clock practicing and then go to this eight o'clock class and then, you know, have all these classes all day. Like, that's a lot. Mm. And then on the other end, you know, um, when people are seniors, you, you've got all this, um, I think many student athletes, you know, they, they want to go out strong um, with their sport when they're seniors. And so they kind of feel the pressure there. But of course, there's everything that goes along with like senior projects and senior seminar classes and thinking about grad school or what you're going to do after college. And so to me, I'd say those two times seem to be the most stressful for people. So how does having multiple responsibilities affect stress levels, such as balancing school, work, athletics? I don't know. My perception of that is I think for many student athletes, it's actually a positive thing. I mean, I think um, I see it's sort of, a, it can be an outlet for, for students. You know, it's, a, it's um, I think there's a lot of social support on many teams. And so I've seen that many, many times over the years, you know, um, teammates support each other inside on the field and in the classroom and in other places too. Um, so I think that's a really positive thing. Yeah, I think um, I think for a lot of student athletes, it helps. It's it's a way to kind of release some of that stuff to do something. You know, a lot of research tells us that when you're feeling when we're feeling emotionally stressed, it's good to move your body to get out to get outside, especially and move your body. So if you're able to do that as part of an athletic team, I think that's I think that's a great thing. And I think many student athletes are good at balancing that stuff. Well, that was all of our questions. Thank you so much, Dr. Sanborn. You well, were... I hope it was helpful. It was, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it was really good. Thank you so much. Wow. Woo. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sanborn and Madeline, for um, interviewing and, and providing your insight on a lot of the things that we questioned. Um, we wanted to touch on a couple of things that they... Uh, brought attention to uh, Dr. Sanborn talking about the positives in high stress levels. Yeah. I know that's something that a lot of athletes will resonate with. I know it's something that I personally resonate with, with, you know, I am much more productive when I have a much busier schedule. Mm. And so that, you know, like almost always being under pressure makes me a better student and a better athlete. Yeah. Like, when we when we were in quarantine oh dear god like there was no work for me to do i had everything do and i still was like do when <laughs> do what like i it just like i i i don't like to feel as if like i have all the time in the world yeah. because then to me i have no time exactly <laughs> like all like not like nothing it's just like okay so you're saying I have 15 things to do and I have three weeks to do them. I will do it the day before. Like it's, it's, it will all get done. The due date. It is due that day. The due date means D O it that day. I mean, we're not saying to purposely procrastinate. 
But oh, sometimes I forgot that that's what that was called. <laughs> yeah, guys, like literally, don't procrastinate. But like, but like, if you need to, if that would like help you, we're just saying that sometimes you know. I think the term for it is you stress, which is like positive stress. So sometimes you know it's good to recognize when you're having actual stress or anxiety versus you stress, and you know if you're able to identify which is which then I think you can use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. But if you're actually stressed and you're just purposely procrastinating, that will probably make you more stressed. Yeah. So, it, you know, you got to be able to identify that within yourself. Right. We wanted to kind of end with some tips on how to identify mental health issues within your teammates or mm-hmm. your things we don't want to discuss all of these issues and not leave you with a little call to action or, or little tips of course. <laughs> but um so i i, I found an, a, another blog post about um what are the five signs of mental illness and i thought they were all like easy enough that we would be able to detect them especially with our teammates or people that were around a lot mm. um and the five warning signs are excessive paranoia worry or anxiety long-lasting sadness or irritability, extreme changes in moods, social withdrawal or dramatic changes in eating or sleeping patterns. And I think, like, especially, like, the social withdrawal and the changes in moods and, like, the long-lasting sadness, we can, t- we can detect that in our teammates a lot. Like, yeah. if it's been, like, everybody's going to have an off day one time or, like, an off practice or, you know, say they just failed a test and they have to come to practice and that's, like, the only thing they can think about, mm-hmm. that's normal. But if it's, like, a whole week long of practices where they're not really talking much or they seem really tired or they're just out of it then it might be something worth bringing up and be like checking in just being like hey like is everything okay like you just seem a little off like something like that we said this in the context of recognizing it within your teammates or your friends but you can also like we also want to share these so that you know like whoever's listening (laughs) can know that for like to check in with themselves like it might go two or three days without you noticing that all you had to eat each of those days was like a pack of peanut butter crackers or one granola bar but you know by the third or fourth day it's like oh wait that's like abnormal of me let me check in with myself we're gonna also link some resources and all of our sources to all the articles we um, mentioned throughout this entire podcast in our description boxes of all the different platforms that you can listen to this podcast. So if you ever want to learn more or are just interested in having some resources in your back pocket, those will be there for you guys. All right. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to tune in in two weeks for our last episode, season one of finale. Yep. <laughs> Drum roll, please, on nutrition. Peace out, guys. And P.S. Score goals, hit bombs, and make buckets. She wanted to say that. I wanted to say that really bad. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Episode four in the book.